Hello and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network where we dive deep into our both most tattooed work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. It's me. And we are back <laughs> to talk about uh, Subordination 6.3, uh, which begins with Blake, his coven, and uh, Nick of the Knights driving them into the city. Um, and, and Nick and Blake kind of giving Alexis and Ty a bit of a brief on the essentials of being a practitioner. Yeah, like, it's all just these fundamental concepts that Blake has either kind of gotten from Rose or just, like, figured it out as he's going. Uh, I I like all this stuff about how Nick views power as a a currency and everything you do is either about spending it or gathering slash investing it or exchanging it. And there's, like, there's a few bits spread throughout this where it kind of feels like Nick almost feels like he... or It almost feels like Nick thinks he's giving Blake this rundown as much as he's giving it to the other two. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. like, there's a bit where Blake is just sort of like, oh, no, you can only have one familiar, and it's and it's a life thing. And Nick just sort of interjects, and he's like, well, in Asia, uh, and, and talks about mm. how it's different there, which I think we already knew that a little bit, right? Was it just that Maggie had mentioned that in Asia they were more about, like, binding and, and sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, conquering others as opposed to yeah. the West? Yeah, yeah. Um, we did get some some kind of hints at the different, obviously cultural relationships to to being a practitioner. Yeah. Um, and I, you get the impression that Blake is uh, simplifying this for the purpose of explanation, <laughs> and Nick just kind of jumps in as like, "Well, actually," where it's not helpful. Yeah, but I yeah I don't know. There are just a few moments, and there's a bit where Nick raises his eyebrows at Blake uh, when Blake says, "Oh no, this is for them." That just makes me think Nick. Nick's almost like uh, Blake. Kind of needs some of this basic coverage as well <laughs> which i think he does yeah uh, absolutely i don't yeah. think nick's entirely wrong uh blake blake's one of those people you know it's like people who teach themselves a skill or something and you'll have like really advanced knowledge of some bits and absolutely terrible knowledge of, yeah. of others because as you teach yourself you'll miss parts it's occurring to me has nick ever met rose yes uh in the drive back to blake's yes, place on that's first right. plane okay yeah <laughs> oh yeah because he didn't he didn't like rose because rose was the uh yeah. the one suggesting pulling out demons and stuff so i think he actually yeah, likes blake fair. more i think we're obviously as the audience pretty aware of of rose's you know job as the uh the library to to blake's uh you know improv style and i guess nick only obviously knows blake as being improvisational and doesn't see that he has a library following him around as well or he knows that he does have a library but it's the library that keeps telling him to summon demons so he doesn't want like to <laughs> well, use yeah, it true. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so uh nick is kind of going nick and blake are going over all the kind of classic beats oh you can't lie oh here's the familiar implement domain all this stuff which isn't really like it, it's not very prominent information right now like basically the summary of this section is here's the concept of of a familiar an implement and a domain you can't get any of that right now. So it seems like a waste <laughs> yeah, of time to bring it up. <laughs> it's not really important. I think not lying, important. Yes. Here's how to get a familiar, but you can't. Not important. Um, anyway, uh, it, Nick, obviously, you know, it's obviously mostly the same as what we what we kind of know them as from, from the story so much, but uh, Nick describes them differently, a bit of a different spin. Um, you've summed it up here as like a business view, view of it using a business metaphor, which I think is pretty apt. Yeah, and I actually really like it. Like this is this is sort of how I've been thinking about it ever since reading this. Uh, like Blake talks about how Rose wanted to make it all science, which 
I definitely don't think is the right way to view this world. Uh, and, and Blake thinks of it as art because it's all about like bullshitting and symbolism, which is definitely true. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of that in business as well. Like, you know, just to, just yeah. to look at the stock market. A lot of the stock market is based on what people think is happening rather than what's actually yeah, it's happening. It's all perceptions and marketing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I see, I see business and marketing is fairly intertwined. Not really being involved in either of yeah. them. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> So I think the business metaphor works really well uh, because of that. Yeah, it's good. I think the uh, the idea of a domain being a bit of an investment property <laughs> is a very particularly fun and apt metaphor. Yeah. Um, I think the last bit from, from this opening conversation that I thought was, was really good was uh, Alexis gets a bit upset, yeah, upset at Blake uh, because he misled her about how he got the cuts on his arms. And she, mm. she sort of accepts why he did it. But she's still a little ticked, and and Blake gets that because um, I think it's a, a fair response. But I love how Evan won't mm. let it go; like he keeps really pushing her, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, but you you know why he did it, right?" And uh, yeah, it's 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 just a great little Evan moment. Which yeah. there's a there's a few I've spread throughout this chapter, but I I'm already getting the impression that Evan ships uh, Belexus quite hard. I think that ship is called. Blalexis, which is a much more disgusting name. See, that's for it. that's what um, I had typed originally, and then I, I thought about how I would say it, and I got rid of the first L because I, was, I don't know. <laughs> half of being into shipping, Elliot, is making the most <laughs> hard to say ship names that you can. No, but you're right. Um, Evan obviously comes with this with the naivety of kind of if he doesn't understand, he'll keep pushing at it until he does. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, we <laughs> see that work out later on. Yeah, true. That is true, actually. I I kind of didn't make that connection. This is seeding Evan's, uh, you know, Evan's unwillingness to let things go, which comes in handy later on. Mm. Um, and is very Blake. Like uh, I just love how it also backs him. Yeah, great true. Of Blake. Um, so uh, they get closer and closer to to the tower, and and Blake kind of realizes how <laughs> <laughs> he gets closer to realizing just how screwed he is. Um, he's kind of putting together like. He he needed more tools, and so he he, he uh, awakened some pals. But um, he's kind of only just realizing, like, oh shit, this doesn't actually help me any in the short term at all. Yeah, like there's this bit where Tyler asks, "What exactly should we try and learn in these fifteen minutes since we can't get like familiars or any of that?" And Blake basically says, "Oh, you can't really learn to do anything. You just got to come in with me and like back me up when things go bad." which like what like it's just he's like oh you're not gonna be able to do anything but you just really gotta walk into the dragon's den with me and like you know just charge it like it's it's bizarre like i i I mean i i suggested originally that he shouldn't even just awaken them but try and like you know get them all to give him some power and you know if i was one of these people i'd be like look take all my power, give me this weird, like, flu, these flu-like, you know, awful symptoms or whatever, but keep me the fuck away from the rest <laughs> of it. Like, I'll sit in the corner and recover over a week. Uh, yeah. But, like, I'd rather just give the power to Blake and, and stay the fuck away. Yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> it might have been a bit of a hard sell, but he could probably get them to do the old cut your arms and, and feed the connection with the blood kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, that seems like the best use of their existing talents so far, which is that yeah. they have power. That that that's their talents right now, uh, as far as yeah, I can tell. They, they're like batteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Blake is kind of desperately trying to figure out: are there any monsters that we can, you know, bind for a little bit of a last minute power boost? And uh, Nick just kind of shuts down every idea that he has. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a last minute scramble to think of: is, is there anything we we might have missed? 
Uh, and yeah. I like this bit. Nick also points out that most practitioners don't really ever get in fights except when picking like familiars and domains. And Blake's just like, mm. really? And uh, the, like Nick goes on this a bit of a tangent about how Blake is actually very experienced, like not knowledgeable. He, he's sure to clarify that point. But uh, like in terms of mm. combat experience, Blake's actually right up there because he hasn't had a chance to be cautious like it seems most people uh, do. Yeah, you're right. I, it's His life has been one big struggle since he awakened. <laughs> so it, it makes sense that he's kind of in that position. Yeah. Yeah, um, and there's, of course, another bit where Blake sort of, I guess, forgets that everyone sort of sees connections and spirits, like, a little bit differently. Like, it's kind of a unique thing that mm. everyone everyone processes yeah. in their own way. Uh, and there's this interesting bit where, as Alexis is sort of trying to describe hers, she talks about, like, some of the connections she's seeing. Like, she sees spirits moving around, leaving trails. Uh, it almost looks like strings from my hand to your arm and from my head to your mouth. And mm. so, at the first one, from her hand to her arm, that's presumably like to Blake's arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexis's arm to to Blake. Sorry, Alexis's hand to Blake's arm. That's clearly like the tattoos, mm. right? Because he's got the bird tattoos on his arms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's indicated there. The head to the mouth one's interesting because I think is it because Blake's explaining things to her, or um... <laughs> yeah, Blake's words are going into her head, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know quite what to make of it. I think that's something that we can keep an eye on. Um, so they they get closer, and, and Blake kind of realises that Conquest's tower is even more lit up with connections than before. Uh, all of the major players have turned out to see what's going on. Um, basically, everybody is there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the event of the season. Uh, we yep. get this little mention, like, now like tiffany was in her own car and as she getting as she's getting out she's still getting like her own quick her own version of the 15 minute lesson and i was just wondering mm. like how that compares to what these the others got which was a f- pretty useless really like they've come out of this 15 minutes with don't lie mm. that's really their only effective lesson now i wonder if mm. tiffany got anything more valuable out of the night that she had yeah yeah, uh, it, they're clearly still kind of figuring things out on the fly, right? Um, yeah. Like, still kind of giving them instructions all the way until they, <laughs> until the end of this chapter where they get into Conquest's, uh, the top floor of the tower. Yeah, which talk about the blind leading the blind, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so Isadora's there, you know, she's obviously her usual mix of, of hilarious and terrifying, which is <laughs> fun. Um, and it's also the first time we see the Sisters of the Torch and the Shepherd, who are, you know... Uh, just as a, a weird and interesting as you kind of hope they will be based on first hearing about them. Yeah. I love I love how Tyler and Alexis react to Isadora. Like, Tyler's just, <laughs> yeah. Tyler's just like, completely blown away and, and Blake kind of has to remind him that he can't keep, like, exaggerating yeah, and Blake using euphemisms. Yeah, Blake kind of shushes him a bit, which is fun. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, Tyler's had a few moments now where he's sort of, not quite slipped, but using things that he, sh- like, phrases that he should probably stop trying to use. Uh, and you can mm. really see why places like Baham and Duchamp's families really focus on this from from the time you're a young child, because uh, like yeah. it would be so hard to stop doing that. Way like, that that yeah that is you know in my top fifty reasons I'd be a bad practitioner uh, is that one <laughs> too reliant uh, on sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then yeah. of course Alexis just gets that smoke she's been jonesing for the whole chapter uh like mm-hmm. it's as as if i like, i just get the impression it's sort of like she walks out of the car and sees this giant sphinx and he's just like no nah, that's it i, like, I need this smoke <laughs> <laughs> i'm out yeah <laughs> no i like yeah they're they're kind of 
they still don't realize quite what they're in for, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't think they really get it until they get into Conquest Tower, uh, for sure. Yeah, even yeah, even seeing a, f- a fucking Sphinx <laughs> is like they're close oh, up, cool. but they still don't fully get there. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and, and so go back to what you mentioned before. I liked the Sisters of the Torch. They're actually a lot more legit than I expected. I was thinking just like a a group of people who a kind sorority. of yeah, yeah, the more sorority how they started and. You know, they dabbled and keep to the fringes and, and just sort of appease conquest to stay alive. But they actually seem kind of intimidating. Like, they have costumes and everything, which is dedicated. Um, mm. And then the shepherd's creepy. He's like a dude with a horse that isn't an other or a horse, which, like, <laughs> yep. whatever that means. Uh, maybe it's possessed or something even creepier. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely not a ghost horse. It's something else. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Isadora and the Sisters of the Torch are here to kind of oppose conquest. It seems like Blake's uh, the end of Blake's three trials has brought all of this stuff to a head. Um, so the opposition to conquest has turned up to kind of see what happens and maybe make a play, um, while some people have shown up to support conquest, including the shepherd. But for some reason, he's just kind of staying outside. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I very much get this sense that like Toronto was an in- intricate chessboard and. Blake walking into town has just kind of tipped the whole thing over. Yeah, uh, he's done the pigeon strategy. <laughs> uh, and there's an interesting bit where... So Blake asks for one of the Sisters of the Torch's names, and she says, like, that's rude. And then Blake says, uh, okay, my apologies. And the Sister of the Torch replies, apologies taken and, ex- uh, apologies taken and accepted. And... <laughs> I, I immediately thought of, uh, oh man, it would have been in like 1.4, 1.5. When, yeah, uh, something like that. When they had the run in with uh, Padraic. And that was like a whole thing where Rose was like, he can't give you his apologies because then they'd be like gone forever. And, and I'm wondering if, <laughs> has he just accidentally given away his apologies and like. Apologies taken and accepted is ominous wording, isn't it? Yeah, right. And like Blake doesn't pick up yeah. on it at all. I mean, he's got other things on his mind, but I'm I'm cautiously nervous that like. In a few chapters, he's going to want to apologize to someone and physically be incapable or something. Kind of like how Maggie can't swear. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll see, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, stood we'll out see. to me. So, uh, you know, the sisters and, and Isadora basically have kind of come to the conclusion that maybe the best way to oppose conquest right now is to kill Blake. Uh, Isadora mm. seems very keen. She actually seems to come quite close to just like ending Blake right then and there. And he has to kind of think on his feet and offer her some uh, half-hearted assurances that he won't become a, you know, a, a, one of the bad diabolists, really. Yeah, it's kind of a recap on everything we've been talking about since uh, seeing Black Lamb's Blood. Um, mm. Like, she she talks a lot about how just being close to these dark forces basically gives you an opportunity. So it gives the dark forces an opportunity to find a way to make you use them. Um, mm. She seems to think that just by being around Blake, his, his friends are, are stuffed. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll be drawn into making those amateur diabolist mistakes we keep hearing about. Yeah. Which honestly, I mean, we've kind of seen that happen, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and like, she's, she's just willing to kill Blake because he's a diabolist and that's actually something he basically argues against explicitly calling like what Black Lamb's blood was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Isadora kind of drops truth bombs on Blake this whole, this whole section. Yes. Um, <laughs> There's a fun bit that I, I want to pull out just because I think it's a very fun line that breaks up quite a uh, quite a, a daunting set of, of truth bombs uh, when Isadora says, you'll exact promises from your other disciple. 
I smell one on you. She was there when you came to my office. She is warm for you. Warm for me? Alexis coughed just behind me and to my left. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times, good times. Yeah, it's it's a hilarious little moment mixed in too. Yeah, as you said, like, uh, there's a bit where Isadora implies that Blake being able to awaken his friends was actually bad karma like acting on him yes uh which is yeah. a horrifying proposition that he he yeah. only has a second to fully comprehend but oh boy yeah it's pretty rough <laughs> um it means that these people are not in for a fun time yeah yeah uh yeah it, it makes you really worried for for the new cabal or, or whatever we're calling them uh yeah and, and I, I guess the last thing i wanted to mention about the isadora uh conversation is she does say that Blake, like, because she's really good at reading karma, which is such a useful skill. But uh, she yeah. she says that Blake seems to have done three right things. That's right with a capital R mm. to have gained him some positive karma. And I mm. I'm curious what those might be. Like, I feel like one would have something to do with Evan, like not just getting him as a familiar, but some of the promises he's maybe made or kept with Evan. But um. I'm wondering yeah. if there's. I'm wondering if if you or or any listeners have more concrete ideas as to what some of these three uh, right things might be that he's done in the last two we, and a bit days. I suspect so. Obviously, obvious an obvious answer could be binding powers and um and and the hyena, uh, but that doesn't quite feel right. Um, yeah, maybe it's, he uh obviously I've forgotten the the guy's name, the guy who was like you know bound to pose, um, but they. He saved his life, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Worth something, uh, and maybe, maybe like making the oaths to the knights about like, hey, we're gonna go fuck up this erasure demon is, you know, worth good karma. I don't know. Especially because they've given him the credit for it, really. Like there was the bit. I don't know if we really drew much attention to it back at the time, but when Blake got out and and he was like, I'm sorry, I didn't kill it, and Pris just sort of looks at him. And it's like, oh, I mean, you tried. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not, we're not gonna claim you didn't try. I fucking look at you. Uh, <laughs> I. I also wonder, obviously, during the kind of police, the police story bit, there was parts where Blake kind of half forsworn uh, Duncan. I wonder if there's like a, you get a bit of a karma boost for calling out another practitioner on a lie. Yeah, maybe. maybe? Um, anyway. Yeah, could be. I'm interested to hear what, what our listeners think. Yeah, if anyone has has any ideas, um, I'm definitely keen to hear them. Yeah. So eventually Blake kind of gets uh gets uh, uh alexis and ty to promise not to be bad diabolists and this <laughs> convinces isadora enough to get him up to the base of the tower uh but the shepherd now opposes him and stands in his way yeah and and the first time i read this i actually missed that the shepherd was the guy with the horse i thought it was just the horse so i was like really intimidated <laughs> by this like angry horse coming in and blocking <laughs> his way horse but... getting his way but then everyone being like oh he never talks it would have been like yeah he's a fucking horse i mean well you know but evan talks like i just assumed it was a, it was a crazy magic horse you know but uh no, yeah. it, it's it's a guy which isn't necessarily less intimidating but it was just a very different image the second time going oh no the shepherd's the guy with the horse yeah yeah um so the shepherd is getting in his way because uh, Blake took Evan and made Evan his own when the shepherd claims to have ownership over all uh, ghosts and, and related things. Um, and Blake kind of knows, hey, this is what the shepherd's getting in my face about. But he, he kind of puts the shepherd in his place correctly, that the shepherd, you know, took absolutely no action to help Evan pass on or, or even bind him because uh, yeah. he was obviously didn't want to get mixed up with the hyena. So, I, you know... 
I think Blake's in the right here. Oh, absolutely. But it's a marked difference from, like, you know, he just had a fairly civil interaction with Isadora despite their differences. Yeah. And he he met her halfway and tried to get her to meet him halfway as well, whereas there's none of that here. He's just, he just lays down the words like, nah, fuck you. You you didn't try. You you don't get a say. Uh, it's it's a very different mm. uh, interaction. Yeah, he he also doesn't necessarily know that the shepherd didn't try to do anything about the hyena, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I assume he's correct in assuming it, but yeah, uh, no, he definitely seems assumption. correct. But <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Um, uh, yeah. So so Evan, so so people kind of chime into this argument. Um. And and it basically turns into Blake arguing that he's trying to do the right thing, and the sister's like, "Ooh, you're a bad diabolist." Uh, and Evan kind of comes in and puts them all in his pl- in in their place by by pointing out that Blake's the only one who's really tried to help him or solve any of these problems. And they're all like, "The sister's like, oh no, we couldn't do that." Um, but Evan's <laughs> Evan's right that, that they're all kind of shitting on him when he's the only one who really seems to be I don't know taking steps. Well, it's, a, it's that classic, like, sort of childhood black and white logic sort of thing where Evan's just attacking them with this sort of simple, flawless, black and white view of the world where it's like, well, Blake's actually trying to help and, and all the adults are like, oh, no, it's more complicated than that. You wouldn't understand. And he's like, okay, we'll explain it. Why is it bad that Blake is trying to <laughs> stop things and you're not? And yeah. and they sort of come up short. And, uh, you know, yeah. you see that in real life, it's great. Yeah, it's it's good. Evan is a, you know, of course, Evan is always a bit of an MVP, but you feel it in this <laughs> chapter too. Um, so the shepherd is, uh, seems to want to start some beef with Blake, uh, but Fel shows up and Fel basically says to the shepherd, like, back off, you don't want to mess with Conquest right now. Um, yeah. And it works. Uh, and so Fel kind of bails him out and starts taking uh, Blake and his coven up to Conquest, um, giving them a bit more info on, on what's going on here. Yeah, and it's great because Fel knows more about, like, who's opposing Conquest and who isn't than Blake does and just sort of gives him all of it, which, given how the Fel uh, lineage interlude ended, uh, sort of makes sense, but... Yeah. I, I wonder how much of this Conquest knows. Like, I feel like Conquest yeah. isn't, the, isn't the type to ask until it's absolutely necessary that he know. And I doubt Fell's volunteering it. So Blake may actually have some <laughs> more knowledge here than uh, Conquest does right now. Yeah. Well, Fell kind of gives a bit of a breakdown. I'll pull it out. Uh, Fell says, Isadora and the sisters opposing Conquest, though Isadora is keeping secrets. The High Drunk and the Shepherd are loosely affiliated with Conquest. The Knights and Astrologer are nebulously affiliated with you and your new circle, Fell said. The astrologer is in our camp? <laughs> I, I like... <laughs> Blake is such small potatoes, the astrologer didn't even mention to him that she's on his side. Yeah, it's it's oh. great. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, as I said, I love that this is coming from Fell, who is presumably, you know, subtly trying to prepare Blake with, with some knowledge uh, yep. in a way that doesn't explicitly act against conquest, uh, and also yeah. just because... From Blake's perspective, he doesn't know that, so he's assuming this is like he assumes Con- uh, Fell is is very much Team Conquest. I, uh, I imagine so. He's, he must he must think that this information isn't very useful, but like it would really make him feel like he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so Blake and and company get to the top of the tower, and Conquest is there in his uh, final boss form, along with the Eye, Duncan, Rose, and surprise return. Led's back. Woo, woo, woo. Yes, I I was very excited to read that. Uh, <laughs> I too. love Led. Um, so what's interesting here is there are meant to be six big players inside because there were ten 
big players around was a number that was thrown around a lot halfway through the chapter and four mm-hmm. of them were outside. So there's meant to be six and, and you just listed off five names plus Fell. So does that mean mm. Rose is one of these players? Mm. Like according to my count, it's either Rose or they're assuming like assumably that ten counts like Pauz or the hyena or something. I I don't know. Like the numbers the numbers are interesting here. Uh I wonder mm. exactly I wonder if I wonder if we're missing someone. I don't know. Yeah. What maybe the knights? Did you count the knights? I I didn't, and I don't think I don't think the knights would. Well, yeah, big players <laughs> is probably not accurate there. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Um, who knows who who they quite are referring to here? Maybe yeah. there's going to be a surprise swoop in. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. So so uh, so uh, <laughs> so uh, conquest says to Blake. Uh, basically, deconstructs that he completely knows what the plan is. Right? He's yeah. like, oh, so three minutes left until midnight, and five minutes left until Powers is unbound. And Blake's like, mm-hmm. And Conquest says something along the lines of, "Well, I hope you have a plan." Rose raised her head. I saw her eyes widen in surprise as she saw my friends. Yeah, I said, I do. I just wished it was a better one. <laughs> Just like this is the first we've heard of it. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if he has a. If he if he could lie, I would call this a lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is an interesting chapter, right? It's it's a weird one. It's 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 a bit slow. It it feels like it's kind of like Blake just stepping up some heavy stairs to get to the final boss fight. But I do really love this ending line. You just are set up a, for this great moment of like Blake is here. He's managed to get all the tools he can. You know, let's see shit pop off, right? Yeah, the shit's about to hit the fan. I, I agree. This um, this chapter to me feels like the the calm before the storm in a way. Like as you sort of said, it, it's it, nothing big happens. It's like in a, in a video game where you walk into that room that's just got a big door and a bunch of health items, and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. All right, um, here we go. Yeah, but it's also like, and I, I I think a big reason it feels like that is because we get like a whole recap of everything in this chapter like you know first yeah. we get the fundamentals with our new people then we meet all the big players again and, yeah. and have talks about where they all stand and of course we get led so it really feels like this chapter is all about getting us definitely making sure that we know what like everything that we need to remember uh, as we head into yeah. the the shit storm that's going to be uh the start of the next chapter presumably that, that's the thing that makes me excited about this chapter too is it you know, uh, speaking from a kind of meta-narrative perspective, if it was just Blake and Rose and maybe his coven fighting against Conquest, I don't think we'd take the time to go through everybody, right? Yeah. But we are setting up, here are all the players in this. And so it's (laughs) kind of like, all right, this is actually, shit's going to get real here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which I, yeah, it just is uh, very exciting to me. I, I, it, it definitely amps you up to, to see fucking Isadora fighting Laird or whatever the <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's the end of this chapter of 6-3. Uh, I'm really excited to do 6-4, but unfortunately that is not a discussion for now. That is a discussion for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, just last <laughs> minute, I just had a thought. I, I want to, I'm going to lock in a prediction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do oh, that. I think it's been a go. while since I did one. Yeah, it's been like a whole arc. Yeah, at least I feel like. So Fell said that Isadora's keeping secrets, and just because he said that to Blake, I wonder if one of the secrets is that she actually is going to work with him. I don't know. Like maybe this is Fell trying to subtly imply that she's she's more team not kill Blake than she's making out. 
so well, the thing about Isadora, she's a big fan of Alexis, so <laughs> that's really what decides her loyalties. <laughs> no, okay, interesting prediction. Blake, uh, Blake will have an unse- unseen ally in Isadora. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just I'll just lock that in. It's been a while Locked since I did and this. Loaded. Uh, actually, I'm looking at the prediction tracking sheet, and the uh, most recent prediction you made was that Fell was actually working behind the scenes to help keep Conquest in charge of Toronto. Uh, yeah, which I'm just going to go ahead and deconfirm that one now. I think I think we I think we already officially deconfirmed that one the immediately <laughs> afterwards in the next chapter. <laughs> that's true. Um, but we mustn't have updated the spreadsheet. Okay. Uh, so that's the end of 6.3 though. Um, so we wanted to do a bit of a discussion question, uh, here just to, you know, mix it up a bit and give people a chance to engage more with the story in a different way. Um, the discussion question that we ended up setting on was one that's very much determined by the events that are happening right now, which is Hmm. if you had to give someone a crash course on practicing in 15 minutes, what topics would you focus on? Yeah, and so, I mean, if you're going to talk about stuff that hasn't been talked about in the story, please, like, spoiler tag it. Uh, wait, no no spoilers, but I'm interested to see, you know, if if you were trying to prepare someone for the world of practitioning in 15 minutes, what what do you think are the important important beats to hit? Yeah, um, we kind of touched on it a bit where <laughs> we don't think that a familiar implement and domain is appropriate. Um, but, you know, let's not just be negative Nancys. Let's, uh, you know, let's make some suggestions, help Blake improve. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and so I think we'll we'll go through answers to that in a week's time, which will be uh, 6.6. Yep. 6.6, yeah, because there's a... It's a it's a month full of bonus episodes yeah, this month. A, um, there's a bonus chapter every week this month, uh, because Wabo is insane. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So that is that is a hard schedule to keep on top of. But luckily, if you need a little help keeping on top of your release schedule for episodes, you can head straight to doofmedia.com, where we have a calendar that uh, keeps track of all the episodes that are released for all the Doof Media shows, including Deep Impact as well as all the other great shows. Uh, Vow to view. We've got Ward, the Doofcast, all the great stuff. And if worrying about the future is too much for you, uh, you can head into our discussion thread, which will be in the show notes below. And in there, you'll find a link to Kayakan's list of all of our previous discussion threads. And you can just... <laughs> yeah, you can worry about the past. Exactly. <laughs> um, of course, that discussion thread is where you should put your answers to the discussion question we just mentioned. Um, yes. Or if you want a different way to do it, why not shoot us a tweet with your answer? It has to be shorter, I guess, but maybe that's a good little writing <laughs> challenge. Um, if you want to do that, our Twitter is at MediaMDPodcast. Mm, that's right. You know, actually, as you've said shorter, I mean, please don't feel the need to write out a whole 15-minute, like, speech because we won't have time <laughs> to read those answers. <laughs> we, yes. We need, we, need the, we need the dot point version. Uh, yeah, we're trying to keep <laughs> on top of episode length. Uh, anyway, um, uh, speaking of episode length, if you want to support the Doof Network, <laughs> you can head to patreon.com slash doofmedia. Um, I... <laughs> That was an interesting segue, but I think it's appropriate. Um, ever since we joined the network a while ago, we have been very supported by all the fans that are of the Doof Media Network that have joined to to read along packed with us. Um, and we can only do that. Doof Media can only support this show and all the other great shows there because of its patrons. So please head to patreon.com slash doofmedia and support the shows. And, and as well as the, the Doof Media uh, community, there's also just the great uh, broader Wildbow community. Uh, and that, of course, is also dependent on Wabo getting donations at patreon.com slash Wabo so he can keep writing yeah. the stories that bring us all together. Yeah, man, there's been so much great fan art in the in the uh, subreddit, the Parahuman subreddit at the moment. 
Yeah, it's I'm really exploded. I'm very eager to see. Yeah, I'm really eager to see uh, the Wild Boy fandom keeping keeping on growing. Um, but of course, as it grows, hopefully his Patreon will also grow so that he can keep doing cool stuff that we all like. I suppose. Yeah, for sure. And so, apart from that, we'll see each other on Monday, the sixth of May, for Chapter Six Point Four. We'll see you all then. Thank you.